right now. Go ahead and give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. Hallelujah. This is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are watching us, perhaps those that may also be in the house with us, for this is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I am certainly delighted and elated to come before you as we prepare to worship our God in spirit and in truth. And of course, certainly we want to commend those that are on our Zoom platform, our virtual congregation. If you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or in one of our live chat rooms on our church website, we want to welcome you to what we call St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers, as well as our social media influencers, are ready to engage you this morning. So we want you to do us this favor. You're watching us on Facebook, sharing your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to stay in the same chat stream. We want you to tag those that you know, invite them to your post as well. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube ch channel and text this link. Uh, to your personal network. We want to get our YouTube subscribers up to at least 1,500. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others. And also, as you're engaging us today, let us know where you're sharing this experience as we share with our friends using Zoom or any other video chat. Let them let us know that as well. And do me a favor. We want you to engage. So if you would take a quick selfie of where you're watching this from and just post it on one of our platforms, either on Facebook, Twitter, uh, using the hashtag uh, St. Paul Online. Amen. And we're going to have some instructions for those that are our first time guests uh, later on as far as this uh, service is concerned. I'm getting ready to ask the Reverend D'Angelo Dia will come. He's going to lead us in our worship experience. Would you put your hands together as he comes to lead us? Good morning, St. Paul. This is the day that our Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let me say that again. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And if you know that God has been better to you than you could ever be to yourself, if you know that the God we serve is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between, if you know that God is always there for you, walking you through the valley, if you know if it had not been for God by your side, you would not have made it through your yesterday, last week, last month, and you certainly would not have made it through this year. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If you already feel it in your spirit this morning, please join the choir for our opening hymn.
reading of the word. A reading from Psalms 98. A song of praise to the Lord for his salvation and judgment. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy hand armed are gained, has gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyful to the Lord, all ye earth. Break forth in song, rejoicing and sing praise. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of the song, with the trumpet and the sound of the horn. Shout joyful before the Lord our King. Let the sea roar in all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be filled with joy together before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the people with equality. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. God of peace, God of justice. God, we ask that you would manifest your presence in this worship service. Manifest in such a way, God, that we are reminded that you sit high and look low. Manifest in such a way, God, that we are reminded that in spite of what may be going on in the world, at work, or in our personal lives, that ultimately all power is in your hands. Manifest in such a way, God, that we are reminded that no weapon formed against us will prosper. God, I ask that you would be with our pastor this morning, God. Crown him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Let his words be your words this morning, God. So that at some point in today, that someone will cry out, I yield, I yield. Why must I yield? It is in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we consider this already done. Amen.
Amen. God is worthy to be praised in every way that we can. With all of our lives, all of our voice, all of our heart, God is worthy of this praise, guys, because of who he is and what he has done for us. Amen. We praise him this morning. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for that. Thank you, Scott. Um, man, this morning, uh, this morning, I want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers um, that are out there and also all the mother- motherly figures that are in the lives of our children and that are a part of our church. I want you to know whether you're a single father. Um, a, a mother, a single mother, a mother of two, man, well, whoever you are right now and the family role that you play, if you play the role of a mom, we celebrate you today. We absolutely do. So, man, I hope you feel that love and are celebrated and thanked for the role that you play in the lives of your family. Now, today's impact moment will actually dive a little bit into my relationship uh, with my mom a little bit, or at least my sister and I's relationship. Um, but the title that I want to bring to us today is going to sound kind of interesting, guys, and I want you to hear it and hear it well. The impact moment title for today is, No, I'm God's Favorite. No, I'm God's Favorite. Uh, our Bible verse, or memory verse today, guys, comes from Acts chapter 10, um, verse 43. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which says this. Uh, he is the one all the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Acts 10, 43. Our bottom line, guys, is this. The gospel is for all people. The gospel is for all people. Mom, do you love me more than you love Rachel? Am I your favorite child? I remember asking my mom this when I was little, If I didn't say this question exactly yet, I said something pretty close to it. Normally, I feel like the reason that I would ask my mom this question is because, well, I wanted to know who she loved more between my sister Rachel and I and me. And because I wanted her love all to myself. Sometimes my sister and I, we'd go back and forth arguing over who mom loves more. No, I'm the golden child. You know, I'm the one mom loves more. (laughs) The argument for who is the favorite or who the golden child is, is something my whole family loves to joke about, even still. Even though my sister and I are older, we'll be at my grandma's house sometimes and it'll come up in conversation about something that I may have done or that Rachel did or didn't do. Something that Rachel did that would make our family say that mom might love you a little bit more. You know, for example, my sister just graduated from JMU with her master's in education recently, which is something to celebrate. I love her for that. She's wonderful. It's awesome stuff. Well, after graduating with her master's, she left and went down to Disney World recently on Mother's Day weekend. Well, I stayed in town until yesterday and spent some time with mom. So to this, my uncle Steve said recently, he said, oh, man, leaving for Disney World on Mother's Day weekend? That might have dropped you from the top spot as favorite child. If you ask me, guys, the top spot just might be mine. Wink, wink. Definitely not, though. It's all fun and games joking about who mom and even my dad loves more, um, guys, between my sister and I. Um, And I wonder if even you have asked that question. Have you ever tried to ask your parents or your family who takes care of you who they love more between you and your siblings? If you have, I want you to know this, and it's something I tell myself as much as I joke about it. You see, guys, your parents love you and love your siblings equally. Family shouldn't have any favorites. Their love is equal. Just like our parents are our family's love for us, God's love 
for his children is equal to, guys. He loves all of his children equally. All of us do not deserve God's love because we are so imperfect, but God still loves us anyway, and that goes for anybody. God has no favorites. He loves all people. This is why we can say with confidence, guys, that when God sent Jesus down to this earth to sacrifice and to give his life for us, Jesus didn't just do that for a certain group of people. Jesus gave his life on the cross for everyone in the world. All we have to do is believe in him, believe in his love for us, and our mistakes and our sins will be forgiven. Our lives will be saved. And this, my friends, is good news. It's what we call the gospel. And guys, the gospel is for all people. Again, let's look at our verse for today, which says in Acts 10, 43, he being Jesus, Jesus is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. I wonder if you guys remember Peter. You remember Peter? He's one of Jesus's disciples. Well, a Roman officer by the name of Cornelius, guys, Cornelius, he had asked Peter to come to his house and to share the message of God's love through Jesus with him and his friends. Peter agreed, and when he got to the house of Cornelius, he delivered a message that was amazing. I mean, I'm talking a wonderful sermon. You see, this Cornelius was not a Jewish man like Peter. They, were, they, they did not belong to the same group of people. Cornelius was a Roman and Peter was Jewish. Now, this normally wouldn't be okay for the two of them even to be talking. Remember from earlier, some Jews, they, they believed that other people who didn't follow the Jewish way of life, man, they believed, that, they believed that God actually loved the Jewish people more. Some Jews believed that other people who didn't follow the Jewish way of life, that man, that they, they could not be loved by God like they were. Some of them believed that they were God's favorite and that God could only love them. Well, Peter, when he was delivering this message to Cornelius, he didn't agree with this at all, guys. Peter didn't agree with this idea that God only loved a certain group of people. So Peter stood up and he gave a message to Cornelius and his friends that they could feel God's love and have a relationship with him if they wanted to. Peter told them that Jesus was sent down to earth to die for every single person, not just people like Peter. He told these people the good news that God loved them and that their sins were forgiven if they believed in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter told these people that they could have the same joy that he had. They could also be glad like he was, and they could feel a lot of peace and comfort just like he did from knowing and seeing that Jesus was alive. They had a living Savior to believe in. This is amazing. This is, this is wonderful news for us. It's news that Peter believed that he had to share with the world. He believed Jesus wanted him to do that, you guys. And you know why? It's because Peter knew it was meant for the world. It wasn't just something that was meant for him or meant for his brothers and sisters that were also followers of Jesus. It was meant to be shared with the world. Guys, the good news about God loving everyone because of Jesus isn't something that's meant for only a few people. It isn't something that's meant for a certain group of people. We can't be selfish with God's love for us and just want it all to ourselves. It's not something we are meant to keep only to ourselves because we are meant to also share it with everyone just like Peter. Everyone who believes that Jesus died for them and that he rose again is a child of God. The Bible tells us that. 
if we're a child of God, then guys, we belong to the family of God. Isn't that special? When we belong to the family of God, what this means for us is that, guys, I believe when we come to church, man, the church, everyone, all believers, man, we should all welcome everyone that is ready to come and to be a part of the same family that we belong to. Church is not meant just for a special club of people who look a certain way or who talk a certain way or who dress a certain way. It's not meant for those that even act the right way. No, the love of God is for all people. And everyone should be received with open arms when they make a decision for Jesus and become a part of God's family. So as I stand before you guys today, I want to tell you that there's no use for us to argue about who is more deserving of God's love or which one of us is God's favorite. Because guess what? God loves all of his children equally. He has no favorites. The gospel is for all people. Will you close with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, Lord, this morning. And I want to just say thank you, God, for your love for us. A love, God, that is able to shine and to show itself through the way that our parents, our family members that take care of us, the way that they show love to us. And God, I ask, Lord, that when we feel your love, that we would not keep it to ourselves, but that we would share it with the world, God that we would look at others with compassion and love and grace and know that none of us are deserving of God's love. None of us are deserving of your love, Lord, yet all are called to it. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you all. And happy Mother's Day to everyone. The Women of Worth at St. Paul invite you to join the 2021 Women's Weekend Celebration. On Friday, they will host a Zoom prayer call at 6 o'clock p.m. Then on Saturday at 12 o'clock p.m., they will host a virtual First Ladies Tea. And then Sunday at 10.30 a.m., join us for Women's Day, where our guest preacher will be the Reverend Dr. Susan Sujay Johnson-Cook. To me, to me, to me, to me, like Jesus say, yeah. I'm strengthened by my struggles and my trials. Only come to me. Make sure to join us for our annual Women's Weekend, May 14th, 15th, and 16th. You can register online for all of the events today. Amen, amen, amen. And we're looking forward to a wonderful, strong women's weekend as far as next weekend is concerned. Let me again say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, be it biological, legal, or spiritual. Uh, we want to celebrate you. So if you have been blessed by a woman who was either your mother or was a mother figure, can you just celebrate and give God praise for her right now? Amen. 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 What a wonderful, blessed opportunity it is for us to uh, continue to gather as far as this space is concerned. And of course, we come and we lift up the name of Jesus on this Mother's Day.
And also, I want to commend all of those who have and are and will be graduating over the next several weeks. We want to celebrate you, uh, be it graduating from college or high school. We want to lift you up, and we thank God for your wonderful academic uh, accomplishment. We celebrate you as well. I know that we have quite a few of our disciples who are graduating from A&T and Central and UNCG and from all over the state. And so we want to give a major shout out to you and just let you know how proud we are of this wonderful and uh, special achievement as far as your life is concerned. So we thank God for you. There are just several things I want to share with you as we continue um, this particular moment. I just want to thank those who joined us as far as our monthly check-in Zoom call this past Tuesday, and then those who joined us for our Quick 15 prayer call on Wednesday. I want to let you all know that the Deacon's Family Ministry Scholarship application is online. It is for currently enrolled students, and if you're interested, contact Deacon Pat Chambers at pattycake0812 at att.net or LaVon Sessoms at lsess at hotmail.com for application. The deadline is June the 1st. Also, our academic uh, resource ministry is happy to announce that the applications for scholarships and graduate recognition, recognition form is available online at stpaulbaptist.church slash scholarship, or you can email Dr. Sherelle Fuller, or Deacon and Training Tanya Grimes at ARM at spbcnc.org to get a form emailed to you. The deadline for submission is May 14th. That is May 14th. We also want to recognize graduates from high school, community college, undergrad, and graduate degrees. You can notify the church so you can be recognized by going to stpaulbaptist.church slash grad. Deadline for submissions is Sunday, June the 13th, 2021. Those who register by the deadline will be recognized during our graduate recognition worship service on Sunday, June the 27th, uh, 2021, our guest preacher. For that Sunday will be the Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker, the CEO and founding curator of Black Millennial Cafe. Uh, as we move forward, again, we want to uh, lift up our Women's Weekend that's going to be taking place on uh, this upcoming weekend. And we invite all of the ladies of St. Paul, along with our guests, to share with us online in our worship services, Sunday school classes, midweek Bible study, uh, and, of course, the virtual prayer call that will take place on this Friday at 6 o'clock. There will be a Zoom prayer call, and then on Saturday, the First Lady's Tea. All of this will be virtual. And then on Sunday morning, uh, join them online for Women's Day worship service. The guest preacher for both the tea and that morning worship experience is the Reverend Dr. Susan Johnson Cook. Um, along with being a gifted preacher, she served as ambassador at large for the international religious freedom uh, under President Barack Obama. So make sure you register for this weekend. Also, also, on next Sunday, we are going to extend an invitation to the first 50 ladies who register online to Join us in the physical space for worship on that Sunday. 
The registration link will be emailed to those who have registered online for the weekend. And I want to just uh, share, we hope that you will be fully vaccinated if you want to come into the sanctuary. So I want to put that caveat out there as well. If you don't feel well, we ask that you not register, or even if you register and you not feeling well, we ask that you not come. Uh, we want to remind people that we are still in a pandemic. And so even with us still being in a pandemic, for those of us who are vaccinated, um, our vaccination does not immune us or immunize us from not getting COVID. The, the wonderful thing is it keeps COVID from having such a devastating impact upon our bodies. And I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want COVID. I've seen what it has done to uh, family and friends. I don't want it. Amen. Even with me being vaccinated, I'm telling you now, I don't want it. So uh, I'm doing everything that I can to minimize the risk of um, contracting uh, this horrific disease that is wreaking havoc upon our world. As we move forward, as far as uh, today's uh, sharing is concerned, I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend D'Angelo Dia will prepare to lead us in prayer. Uh, there are several concerns I want to bring before you as far as prayer is concerned on this day. We want to lift up the family of Brother Bobby Ossery Sr., the nephew of Disciple Sylvia Audrey and Deacon David Audrey, both of those are our deacons. Uh, his service will take place this Tuesday at Richmond Funeral Home here in Charlotte, viewing at noon and the services at one. The family of Sister Disciple Chastity Stewart, the daughter of Disciple Rosa Carter, uh, those services will take place next Saturday, May the 15th at noon at the House of Rosedale Funeral Home in Charlotte, North Carolina. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Rosa McGuire, the sister of Disciple Queenie Myers, the family of Brother Willie Garner, the son of Disciple Bertha Garner, uh, the family of Sister Carisha Battle, the grandmother of Disciple uh, Utha Denise Battle, and then the family of Brother Simon Sessoms, who is the uncle of Deacon LaVon Sessoms. Then I ask that you all will lift up my dear friend, and uh, our second vice president of Lot Carey, the Reverend Dr. Jesse uh, T. Williams, the pastor of the Convent Avenue Baptist Church, as he will be funeralizing his father on tomorrow in Wilmington, Delaware. Prayer concerns for those that are sick and shut in. Sean Crawford, these are new names that have been added on our list. Gina Pettis-Dean, we want to continue to lift up our pastor emeritus and his wife, the Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Lady Thomasina, uh, Brother Philip Dunstan, and uh, Brother Anthony Farr. And then, there, of course, there'll be names that will be scrolling up and down our list. We want to continue to lift up those persons that are on our sick and shut-in list. We know that God can do anything but fail. Amen. And so, uh, Reverend D'Angelo Dia will take us to the throne of grace. Let's go to God in prayer. God of peace, God of graces, God of wisdom. God, we come to you this morning as humbly as we know how, saying thank you. Thank you, God, for another day to attempt to get things right, even knowing that if we get things wrong, 
And when we get things wrong, God, that you will still abundantly love us. God, thank you for this beautiful day, God. Thank you for this beautiful weather, God. Thank you for another Mother's Day, God. God, thank you for our pastor, for his wisdom. God, thank you for his teaching and preaching. God, thank you for his family, God. And we celebrate with him, God. 15 years of marriage to Lady Scott. God, thank you. God, we thank you for every ministry in this church that continues to do kingdom building in spite of this pandemic. God, we thank you for this choir and their leadership. God, we thank you for our frontline workers, for the educators that continue to labor. God, we thank you for the mothers past and present who have sacrificed to keep the ministry of this church going forward. God, you've heard the names this morning, God. Be with them in a mighty way, God. Give them the healing that you desire for them to have, God. Remind them, God, that you sit high and that you look low. God, be with Dr. Drummond and his wife this morning, God. Yes. Be with him, God. Comfort him, God. Heal him, God. Give him the compassion that he deserves, God. God, be with the children at the border, God, that are separated from their families, God. Give them the compassion that they deserve. God, be with our incarcerated brothers and sisters, God, that are separated from their families, God. Give them restorative justice. God, this morning, I ask that you abolish every form of oppression. God, and provide access to the health care, provide access to quality jobs, provide access to living, God. God, we know all these things can be done, God. We know that in spite of our wicked and evil ways, God, that you have a plan for us, God. So even when we can't see that plan or understand that plan, God, continue to mold us and cultivate us into being the kingdom builders that you desire for us to be, God. We know all these things are possible, God. You said if we knock that you would answer, and this morning, God, we are knocking and asking, God. We're asking for a shift in the atmosphere, God. We ask this morning, God, that when the sermon is over, God, that someone cries out, I yield, I yield. Why must I yield, God? And you are the answer, God. God, we consider this already answered and already done. And for that, we give you a preemptive praise. In the name of the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 If you feel like that prayer is being answered, can you give God praise right now? Just go ahead and give God a preemptive praise for an answered prayer. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we, as we move forward and we prepare to, to give, um, let me just share that, first of all, I want to thank each and every person who takes giving seriously. And as you prepare to give, I just want to let you know that we're getting ready to do uh, a major uh, repair project around here at the church. Uh, that's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. And that is, of course, uh, waterproofing our basement. And there's going to be some major excavation work that's going to have to take place, as well as repairing the steps in front of the old sanctuary. That being uh, the case, your giving helps to make that possible. And it's not cheap. God knows I wish I can go to the vendors and say, ring it up, Jesus paid it all, but that will not pay the bill. However, your giving makes this a working reality. Just as your giving makes it a working reality for us to be a blessing to persons who are going without as far as food, for persons who need assistance when it comes to rent and utilities and medicine, 
uh, for persons who are hurting in our community, as well as the various missions and ministries that we partner with in the city, the county, the state, and across this country. Your giving makes that a working reality. And so as we prepare to give, I want to thank God for those who practice the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. Because for those of us that know about giving, we know that's the starting, that's the baseline, that's the mere minimum. For those that don't feel led to give tithes and offerings, but you give something, um, we want to thank you for your gift. And we pray that you will be encouraged to at least reach that baseline and then one day even exceed. Then for those who feel like they don't have to give anything, it's our prayer that the Lord will continue to convince as well as convict you to understand you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. And so as we prepare to give, I want you to do me a favor if you can. Get your giving devices or your envelopes. And there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. You can either mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can call the church at 704-334-5309 and bring your cash, money order, or check to the church. Just make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We're going to put it in a safe and make sure it's counted the following Sunday. Or you can give through our website, through Church Life or ACS. And then you can also give through the app called GiveLify. So however you're giving this morning, I want you to do me a favor. If you can, I want you to place your offering in your right hand because we want to symbolize this by the fact of giving God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as kingdom work is concerned. I thank you, God, for those who are practicing the discipline of giving tithes and offerings and have gone beyond that. Thank you, God, for those who give something. And then, God, we pray you will convince those who feel like they don't have anything or don't have to give anything. Take these gifts of ours so we can continue to be a witness in your world, so we can continue to do works of repair around your church, so that we can continue to be a blessing to those who do not have. And, God, we know you can multiply this in a Godful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for your giving. Go ahead and give at this time and uh, pray for the preacher uh, for this preach word that's coming up after this song. Took my place. Took my place so I would have. 
the reason that the church gathers is because of Jesus Christ, who is the son of the living God. And it is in him we live and we move and we have our being. Thank you to our uh, young adult praise team for their gift of music as far as this gathering is concerned. I want to, for the time that is mine, call your attention to Matthew chapter 15. We want to look at verses 21 through 28 as far as today's sharing is concerned. Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 21. In the New King James Version of the Word of God, these words are printed. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which falls from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine, a mother on a mission. A mother on a mission. This Mother's Day, this particular text that I have shared with you does not put Jesus in a very flattering light. It, it, it does not depict Jesus as being the loving, compassionate, merciful Savior that we have come to know him to be. It does not demonstrate Jesus to be the compassionate Savior who entered the human predicament to save humanity from our sins. When, when you look at this particular text, it doesn't put Jesus in the best of light when it comes to our understanding as far as who Jesus is. Yet Jesus gives us clues about his purpose and provides insight to us about his identity. But Jesus' initial dealing with this Canaanite woman did not stop this mother from seeking what Jesus had. She figured that if Jesus could not do it, it would not be done. She came and she sought Jesus' power, Jesus' mercy, and Jesus' compassion. 
And even though Jesus did not respond the way we think Jesus should have, does not mean that he's any less God. Yet, you must not be afraid to look at the human personality of Jesus because Jesus, just like us, is a product of his day and culture, which impacts his human personality. See, back then, the Jews and the Gentiles and the Canaanites were considered to be Gentiles. The Jews and Gentiles did not have the best of relationships. Just like the Samaritans, any well-respected Jew did not have any dealings with those that were outside of the Jewish ethnicity. However, it is odd that Jesus withdrew to the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon to get away from his people. After all, Jesus had done when it came to proclaiming the kingdom of God, telling them to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, working miracles, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, enabling the lame to walk and the mute to talk, and still the Jews refused him, and their refusal led to a culture of rejection and disrespect. Several things have happened that created turmoil and tension for Jesus to the point that Jesus, the son of the living God, had to leave that area and go into seclusion. His hometown had rejected him. John the Baptist, his cousin, had been arrested and executed. Herod Antipas wanted Jesus dead to the point where Jesus felt like he had to get away. Uh, but amid his seclusion, this Canaanite woman who had a demonically possessed daughter comes from out of nowhere seeking Jesus. Now, we don't know exactly what her daughter's problem was. We can speculate. We can conjecture. Uh, we don't know if she'd been hanging out with the wrong crowd and got hooked on drugs. We don't know if she had become sexually active and lacked the maturity to handle all the physiological, emotional, and psychological issues that come along with that activity. We don't know if she was being bullied at school and contemplated suicide because she did not fit in. We don't know if she was being harassed on social media through TikTok or Snapchat. Uh, we, we don't know if she has self-esteem issues and was acting out. We, we don't know if her father had abandoned the household and she was having daddy issues. But whatever the problem was, it put the mother on a mission to seek Jesus out. This mother came to Jesus not for herself, but on behalf of her daughter. I can imagine that she was probably sick and tired of disciplining her child and seeing no positive change. I can imagine she put her in time out and things did not change. I can imagine she took away her phone privileges, grounded her, 
uh, did not allow for her to FaceTime her friends, and this girl got worse. When you read the text, you have no idea of what is going on with the daughter, but this mother was sick and tired enough to come to Jesus with the fact that her daughter was demonically possessed. However, notice something. When she gets there, she cries out to Jesus, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demonic possessed. And Jesus says nothing. What kind of response to someone who is in need? Because this woman had a problem that only Jesus could solve. Now, what gets me is she comes to the right person who has the right power at the right time in seemingly the right place, and Jesus said nothing. This mother was on a mission, and initially, it seems like Jesus disses her. This is not the Savior that you and I have come to worship, but this is the Jesus that's depicted in this text. You would think that Jesus being all that we praise him to be and we claim him to be would reach out and have compassion on her. You would think that Jesus, the son of the living God, would say, well, let's go and see what's happening with your daughter and let's get this thing rectified. You would think that Jesus... The one who is God in the flesh would say, well, well, let's go and get this demon and put him on the run. But the Bible says, Jesus said, not a word. Nevertheless, this mother who is on a mission, not for herself, but her child, is not deterred. And I believe that if she was just coming for herself, she probably would have blown Jesus off and gone back to Tyre and Sidon. But this mother was tired of the psychological and emotional issues plaguing her daughter. This mother was on a mission because she wanted something better for her child. Now, it's one thing to come to Jesus for yourself. It's something else to go to Jesus for somebody whom you love dearly, especially your child. Remarkably. I can imagine that there are some mothers who are watching us virtually. I, I believe there might be some mothers even in the house right now who's got some things going on with your children that if you're honest on this Mother's Day, it, it seems like it's about to drive you crazy. Uh, you, you, you listen to Mr. Dr. Spock and use his disciplinary approach and nothing has changed. You try to go old school and spank your child only to see things become worse. You try to get someone that you feel your child respects and honors to talk to your child and it seems to be of no avail. As Marvin Gaye saying, it makes you want to holler and throw up both your hands. I can imagine that there are some mothers who are on a mission right now trying to gain correction or coercion to change the plight of your child because you've noticed your child is out of kilter or your child is off base. 
Sex has become an impulse driving your child's behavior. Acceptance and popularity are the twins that your child wants to be her friend. Materialism has become the God that your child worship. Social media is the altar to which your child bows down. But there is something inherent in this text that I want to unpack for mothers today that this Canaanite woman gives as an example. What kept this mother on her mission despite the obstacles she faced? I would submit to you that when you read the text, you will discover, first of all, desperation for her daughter's deliverance prompts her to stay with Jesus. Now, let me unpack this for a moment because this is in verses uh, 22 and 23. This woman approaches Jesus hollering loud about the condition of her daughter and she raises this as a note. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, I can imagine it's one thing to be demon-possessed, but it's a mess when you're severely demon-possessed. In other words, not only was this woman dealing with her child, dealing with one thing, but it seemed like she was dealing with a plethora of issues. This woman comes to Jesus and puts all her business out in the open. She is so desperate that she approaches Jesus shouting because she's at a distance from Jesus. Watch this, both geographically and ethnically. She has to shout because she needs to get the master's attention. But what bothers me Reverend Dia, is that the Bible says Jesus did not say a word. Was it because he couldn't hear? Or was it because he did hear and ignored her? Whatever the reason, the woman kept on shouting the same thing over and over and over and over again until she got the attention of Jesus. It demonstrates the desperation she was facing because mama is on a mission. She didn't care who heard her. She didn't care who saw her. She didn't care what the folks said about her. She was in a desperate situation where she needed someone who could deliver her daughter from the problem she was dealing with. But notice two things she did in the text. First of all, she had to get Jesus' attention by shouting at him. She had heard, I can imagine, Reverend Peyton, uh, about the power of Jesus. She had heard how Jesus can heal the sick and how Jesus can raise the dead. She had heard about Jesus' ability to exercise demons. And she had a great need to have her daughter delivered from the demons that possessed her. And she was so persistent as far as her cry is concerned that she did not care who saw her, who heard her, or who knew about her problems. She believed that Jesus could come to her aid. But Jesus, and this just blows my mind, says nothing. In essence, it seems like Jesus ignores her. 
And then, notice the church folks, I mean the disciples. Uh, they they, they want to get into the play. And notice what they say. Jesus, get rid of her, for she cries for us. Now, I'm reading the text, and Reverend Kelly, I don't see anywhere in the text where they call for Peter, James, or John. I, I, I don't see anywhere in the text where they call for Matthew, Bartholomew, or Judas, or Andrew. It, it's interesting how the disciples were trying to take credit for something that only Jesus could bring to pass. But finally, Jesus speaks and says, uh, yeah, I hear you, uh, but I was sent to deal with the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then notice what this mother does. She makes a shift from shouting to kneeling in worship. The word worship in the text is proskuneo, which in the Greek is a picture of someone falling down on their face, on their hands and knees, bowing in reverence. And this mother calls him Lord for the second time because she needs the deliverance that only Jesus could provide. So not only is this woman shouting, but she now engages in worship because she's desperate for what Jesus has. I, I want to submit to you that this ought to be a lesson for somebody in 2021. Can we just admit that our country and our world is in such a bad shape until you have to hook up your shout about your problem with a worship to a savior who can help you deal with your situation. There, there, there comes a time when you need to articulate whatever your issue is and regardless of how God decides to move, that's going to bless somebody, show up in the presence of God, fall down in worship, and give God the praise he deserves. She was so desperate that she comes to Jesus because she realizes that Jesus has what she needs. Uh, in, in other words, when you bring God your problem, and God does not move the way you think that God should move, this should not prevent you from pressing your way into the presence of God to worship God. Even though Jesus did not move and did not say the things she thought he should have said or did the things she thought he should have done, she came into the presence of Jesus, fell down at his feet, and kept saying, Lord, I need your help. She is down on her knees, worshiping God, and still shouting about her situation. Let me, if I could, bless four of y'all, and I'll make five. Don't let your situation or the lack of a godly response prevent you from worshiping Jesus. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times, for his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. 
I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need to remind some mother on this Mother Day and all of us in general that Jesus deserves worship in good times and in bad times. Jesus deserves worship in the sunshine and the rain. Jesus deserves your worship on the mountaintop and down in the valley. Jesus deserves worship in a bull market and a bear market. Jesus deserves worship in a digital church or a physical church. Jesus deserves worship when your kids are good or when they're acting crazy. Jesus deserves worship when your associates are plentiful or your friends are few. Jesus deserves worship when you got money or don't have a dime to your name. Jesus deserves worship whether he answers your prayer or when heaven is silent. How many of y'all know he deserves your worship? Jesus deserves your worship regardless of the situation you're facing. Now, this next move is going to mess some of y'all up. This next move is going to make some of y'all turn me off. This, this next move is going to make some of you all go silent on me. Because what I'm getting ready to say in this next move is going to mess up a whole lot of y'all folks. And here it is. Even when Jesus is judging, he's still merciful. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. I, I, I know I just messed half of y'all that's watching me online up. Even when Jesus is judging, even when Jesus is judgmental, he's still merciful. Jesus said something that would have made most of us go off. Jesus said, it's in the text, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. That's a judgment call. Uh, uh, Jesus is making a judgment call on her gender as well as her ethnicity by calling her a little dog. He is not politically correct. Uh, 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 in, in today's culture, uh, we will put Jesus on blast on social media for what he has said. This is a judgment call. Preach Robert Charles Scott. Jesus suggests foreigners do not deserve the same treatment to eat from the table of the masters that the Jews do because the Jews are the chosen people of God. This is a judgment call that he provides an opening for her that becomes a pathway for mercy to be displayed based on how she responds to what Jesus says. She ain't a Jew. She's a Gentile. She's not a Jew, not part of the chosen people, but she believed that her concern is just as valid as the Jews. In this judgment on her personhood and her ethnicity, mercy is displayed because there's an opening provided for her to respond so that Jesus has an entree to move on her behalf with mercy. So amid Jesus being judgmental, this Canaanite woman, instead of becoming overly sensitive, like so many of us would have, instead of her bopping her head and snapping her fingers like some sister girls would, 
she simply says, yep, you're right, master. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. I see why Jesus demonstrates mercy. Now, now don't get it twisted. Jesus has made a judgment call on her. She accepts the judgment call, but she doesn't run from Jesus. Now, let me, if I could, put the hay where the cows can get it. Because we don't like it, especially in this postmodern pluralistic age, when God makes a judgment call upon us. And let me say even further that many of us got issues when somebody tries to correct us because what's the first thing many of us say? You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. You can't judge me. Until, but if you're doing something wrong and we know it's wrong and you know it's wrong, we can at least try to correct you and tell you that you're wrong. We ain't too crazy when God calls us something that we ain't accustomed to. We don't like to be called a sinner but all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we don't like to be told that we are far from the Lord but all of us have messed up we, we don't like to be told that we haven't dotted every I and we haven't crossed every T since we've been saved but how many of y'all know that every now and then the Holy Ghost will make a judgment call in your life we don't want to be told we don't want to be told we don't want to be told that we're out of order with your out of order self. But in judgment, this woman does not become overly sensitive to what Jesus said to her. In other words, she doesn't act like a Karen. You'll catch that on the way when you log off. Uh, 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 this is mind-blowing because regardless, ooh, I feel like hollering right now, regardless of what Jesus said to her, she stayed right there. Re regardless of everything Jesus called her, she, she stayed right there, watch this, in a mode of worship. Now, 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 can, can, can I tell you, can I tell you what shouts me about the text? Because what shouts me about the text is that Jesus calls her a little dog but her posture of worship is just like a dog. You missed it. In, in other words, sister girl is laying down on the ground with her hands outstretched like a dog before its master looking for something to snack on. Preach Robert Charles Scott. This woman is in the very posture to receive what Jesus wants to give her. And it's her response from this position of worship. Because guess what? I'm here to let somebody know it's real hard for God to trip on you when you come to God with a sincere form of worship. But even in his words of judgment, this woman takes the chance to insert herself in the situation of the divine drama that causes Jesus to change his mind. Jesus, when he looks at the woman, and he sees the woman in worship. Jesus, when he hears what sister girl has to say, he does not dismiss her. But her worship puts her in position where her faith could be activated. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now. 
that's listening to me, live stream or on the Zoom. I don't know who I'm preaching to in the house right now. But regardless of how God judges you, I want you to know that whatever God has said about you, it is absolutely right. It is absolutely correct. There are no deficiencies or defaults in the judgment of God. But I want to encourage you, don't walk away from God when he corrects you. Don't walk away from God when he rebukes you. I dare you to stay in a posture of worship. I dare you to stay in a position of worship. I dare you to say, yep, Lord, you're exactly right. I, 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 I messed up. I've fallen short. I've sinned and fallen short of your glory. But God, you got what I need and I ain't gonna leave until I get what I need because I know the world ain't got what I need my education ain't got what I need no preacher ain't got I'm gonna stay right here call me a sinner but guess what I'm gonna bow down and bless you anyhow say that I'm not measuring up I know I don't measure up I know I've fallen short I know I messed up but God I'm gonna stay right here because I know you got something for me that the world can't give me Let me, let me, let me wrap this thing up because what blesses me about this text and about this mama is that her faith gave her an opening that her social status could not provide. Mm-hmm. Her faith gave her an opening that her social status could not provide. This picture of Jesus in this gospel is hard edge. It's stark. It it ain't the Jesus we sing about. It, it, it ain't the Jesus we, we want to worship. But what I like about this is that Jesus responds to the woman when she accepts the testing structures he placed on her that perhaps all along was something in Jesus's voice that indicate that he was willing to do something if she kept pressing her way because of her faith. The mere fact that Jesus is in the region of Ty and Sidon means that Jesus is not xenophobic. Jesus is not fearful of foreigners. Nevertheless, Jesus understood that his first obligation and responsibility was to Israel. Therefore, this woman does not have the covenant right to anything Jesus does. That will not be hers until after the resurrection when Jesus would empower the church to move beyond the narrow constrictions of Judea's borders. But this woman experiences a post-resurrection miracle before the resurrection. She did not deserve it, but she stayed right there and claimed it, and she did it by faith. You got to have faith to open doors that your education cannot open. You got to have faith to open doors that politics cannot open. You, you got to have faith to open doors that money cannot open. You got to have faith to open doors uh, that your social connections cannot open. Even though Jesus says, I can't give the children's bread 
to the dogs, this woman concluded that she was not talking to others around her. She was talking to Jesus. And if her being called a dog meant that her daughter was going to be healed, mama had no problem saying, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, but my daughter needs what you got. Jesus said, woman, you have such great faith until whatever you ask for, consider it done. And the Bible says that at that moment, her daughter was healed. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I want you to know she didn't have a right to it, but she had faith to secure it. She, she didn't have a right to it, but she had the faith to grab it. She, she didn't have the right to it, uh, but she had the faith to get it. She didn't have the right to it, but she had the faith to work it. She, she didn't have the right to it, but she had the faith to gain it. And, and the Bible says uh, that when Jesus saw her faith, when he, sees, he saw that she was not deterred by what he had called her, when he saw that she was desperate for her daughter to be healed, uh, the Bible says uh, that Jesus was blown away. The Bible says that he declared uh, that at that very moment, her daughter was made well. And I don't know who I'm talking to on this Mother's Day in particular, but I stopped by to let somebody know uh, it's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, uh, he can do the same thing for you. The Bible says that her daughter was healed at that very moment. The mother's faith prompted Jesus to show us what he was working with. The power of Jesus has no limit. The power of Jesus has no lack. The power of Jesus has no pretense. The power of Jesus has no paralysis. The power of Jesus has no fault. The power of Jesus has no frailty. This mother had a faith to come to Jesus just as she was, uh, weary, worn, and sad. Uh, but she found in Jesus uh, the resting place, uh, and now she's made glad. Uh, am I talking to anybody that's watching me live stream uh, that has faith in this same Jesus? Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I know it's Mother's Day, uh, and I know there's some mamas in the same situation as Sister Girl. Uh, but what I love about my Jesus, uh, that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he has already declared you can move mountains. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, who is the son of the living God. And when you put your faith in Jesus, do I have anybody in the church right now? Do I have anybody that's watching me right now? They ain't afraid to testify. Uh, you put your faith in Jesus because there never has been uh, 
a battle Jesus could not win, never has been a burden Jesus could not bear, never has been a disease Jesus could not cure, never has been a heartache Jesus could not handle, never has been a loneliness Jesus could not console, never has been a promise Jesus could not keep, never has been a darkness Jesus could not rid, never has been a problem Jesus could not solve, never has been a doubt Jesus could not vanquish, never has been a pressure Jesus could not ease, never has been a fear Jesus could not face, never has been a sinner Jesus could not forgive, never has been a life Jesus could not save, never has been a soul Jesus could not redeem, never has been a mountain Jesus could not move, never has been a sickness Jesus could not heal, never has been a door Jesus could not open, never has been a weakness Jesus could not strengthen, never has been a sorrow Jesus could not share, never has been a devil Jesus could not defeat, never has been a death Jesus could not overcome, do I have anybody that's watching me live stream that ain't afraid to put your trust in Jesus, I trust in Jesus, I trust in God because I've seen him never forsake us, is there anybody that ain't afraid to admit I've seen the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunders roll I've felt some breakers dashing trying to conquer my soul but I heard I said I heard I heard the voice of Jesus say fight on is there anybody that ain't afraid to testify he promised good God almighty he promised I'm rolling with Jesus. I ride or die with Jesus because he's able. I said he's able. He's able to keep me from falling. Why do you stick with Jesus? Because he's whatever I need. When I'm hungry, he's my bread. When I'm thirsty, he's my water. When I'm sick, he's my doctor. When I'm in trouble, he's my lawyer. When I'm crossing a river, he's my bridge. When I'm in the rain, he's my shelter. When I sin, he's my savior. When I didn't have a God on my side, he became my propitiation. Do I have anybody that can say you could have the world, but give me Jesus? know who I'm talking to, uh, but if you're on a mission uh, to save somebody, uh, if you're on a mission uh, to save your daughter, uh, if you're on a mission uh, to save your son, uh, I dare you right now, uh, put them in the hands of God through the son Jesus, and won't he work it out, won't he fix it, won't he solve it, won't he lift it, won't he take care of it, say yes!
that mother, <laughs> that Canaanite woman, serves as a wonderful example of how to keep pressing, how to keep pressing when it seems like things aren't going your way. I, I want to, at this time, offer some man or woman. Perhaps today may be the day that your mama's prayer get answered. And what's that prayer? That if you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin, that you get to know him right now. That if you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin, that you say yes to God through Jesus Christ. Some mother has been praying for their child to surrender and say, listen, I yield, I yield. I can't hold out any longer. On this Mother's Day, this can be an opportunity for you to become an answer to prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of forgiveness, a prayer of new life, a prayer of salvation. And then we want you to respond to that prayer. We want you to respond to that prayer. So if you would repeat this prayer after me, and it's a prayer of new life. I have us all to do it because for those of us who are saved, it's a reminder of that covenant relationship we made with God through Christ. But if you're watching me right now, live stream, and you say this prayer, I'm going to tell you to do something with this prayer. I tell you to put feet to your prayer. So if you would just repeat this prayer after me, God, I need you in my life. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And because he died for my sins and you raised him from the dead, I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, I want Jesus to be Lord and Savior in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Grant unto me salvation you promise. I say yes to you, God. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for new life, for salvation, you're saved. Is it really that easy? Yep, it is. Because you're not saved by your works. You're not saved by coming to church. You're not saved by how much money you give. You're saved because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you prayed that prayer and you want eternal life, this is what you can do. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to do me this favor. I want you to type salvation if you're on Facebook or on the website. Type salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers is going to contact you and let you know what the next steps are. We will baptize you. 
because we're receiving people to be part of our congregation, part of our church virtually. If you are watching us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Someone will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us on telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your phone number. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow, someone will have made an initial contact to reach out to you. Amen. You may be saying, well, Pastor, listen, I'm already saved. I've been baptized, but I want to connect with St. Paul. I, I would love to make St. Paul my home church, even virtually. I would love to connect with the tribe of St. Paul, the fellowship of St. Paul, the, the local assembly of St. Paul. Guess what? We would love to have you. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if that's the case, if you're watching us on Facebook or on our church website, if you would just type in connect, type in connect. Want to make that real easy for you. Type in connect in the chat box. One of our digital ministers are going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Or if you're listening to us on the phone. Email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office and leave your name and your number and somebody's going to reach out to you. Amen. That's how you can connect with us here at St. Paul. And we would love to have you to be part of our fellowship. Uh, we will become richer and better because you're joining our fellowship. So why don't you come? Let's do life together. Why don't you come and let us walk this walk together? Amen. Amen. We're getting ready to leave from this space. I pray for all of those that will be sharing with your mother today that you will enjoy this time. This is different than it was last year. Last year, many of us could not see our mother because we were in the throes of the pandemic. And now that restrictions are loosening up. I, I pray that for those that are able, uh, that you will enjoy this time. For those who have lost your mother, we pray for you. And I know that this can be a difficult day for you, uh, but I want you to know that the Lord will give you the ability to deal with it. As I told someone earlier, that when we lose a parent, we may not ever get over it, but God will give us the strength to deal with it. And particularly for mothers, they really give us the first glimpse of what unconditional love looks like, the love of God. And so... Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Amen. We pray that you all will enjoy this day. As we prepare to leave, here's our benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To only wise God be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Listen, I love you. God loves you even more. Continue to wash your hands, wear your mask, practice physical distancing. I encourage those who feel led, please get vaccinated. That's the only way we're going to be able to come back in some semblance of worship. Amen. Continue to do that. God bless you all. Have a great Mother's Day. See you soon. <laughs>